If, if anybody, if I just was to quiz you guys on this, how many would know Hebrews chapter 11, what it represents? Faith, Faith that's right. Okay, so we're just going to start out with one verse, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5. Hebrews 11, verse 5. Amen. Praise the Lord. It says, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Brother McAtee, would you ask the Lord's blessing today? Amen. You may be seated. I wanted to say um, today is Sister Kathy Stoops' birthday. So if you haven't texted her, just text her, just bombard her with happy birthdays, you know. Um, so, and uh, you, can, you know, you can call and sing over the phone to her. She'd probably appreciate that. Amen. But... Um, the title of this message is, I just want to talk to you today about pleasing God. Pleasing God. Um, when I first began to think about this in my mind, I went to this passage here in Hebrews chapter 11. And then I began to look at other scriptures, other places and there are a lot of scriptures that deal with this topic, pleasing God. What does it mean to please God? Um, obviously, in this short amount of time today, I couldn't cover everything, all the scriptures that talk about pleasing God. There's a lot of scriptures I have here listed, but I'm going to give it my best today. How many people here know of somebody who is a people pleaser? Yes? Right? I mean, these people, they, want, they don't want to disappoint anybody, right? They want to please everyone as much as possible. And how many know that it's not really possible to always please everyone all the time? It's not possible. Um, sometimes uh, these people pleasers, they will make sacrifices even against their own personal convictions so they won't disappoint somebody. And if you know somebody who is a people pleaser, that's a little irritating at times. Because sometimes you want to say, they should stand up for what they believe in. They should stand up with, you know, for their convictions, but they don't. They, they just don't want to disappoint anybody. And believe it or not, you may not know this about me, but I do not like to disappoint people. I, I really do want to please people. But today, I would really want to focus on pleasing God. 
Do you like that feeling that you get when you feel like you've pleased someone? You know, some people live for that. Some people are looking, you know, they'll say nice things and to try to cheer you up and get a smile so you can say thank you. And um, boy, when you say thank you, it makes them feel, you know, like they've accomplished something, they've done something, right? Um, And so I've heard of people, you guys have too, and I've seen this over the years, people that have come to God and they've decided, you know what, I want to live for God. And they've given up certain things. And they stopped hanging out with certain people. And they started coming to church. And they started living differently. And sometimes their own family members and their own friends wish they were they, the way they were before. It would almost, they had rather their that person go back into the addictions and the things that they were involved with than to go to church. I've seen this over the years, and I know if you've been in church for any length of time, you've seen it, or maybe this has happened to you. Anybody, has that happened to you? you yes. You go to church, all of a sudden you start making changes, and all of a sudden your friends, your family, it's hard to please everyone all the time. Um, So my question is, who do you want to please? One of my questions. I have a lot of questions. Who do you want to please? Tina, who do you want to please? You don't know? Okay. Who do you want to please? Whether you choose to do right or whether you choose to to do wrong, there will be somebody not pleased with your decision. And here's a question I have. Why would they not be pleased? Why would they not be pleased? If you chose to do something good, why would somebody not be pleased with that? If you chose to do something bad, why would somebody not be pleased with that? We think sometimes that if you're my friend, you're always going to approve and accept of everything I do and say. Well, what if my friend is doing something that's damaging to themselves? And I'm not pleased with that. You guys that know people, they do things, they say things, they go to places, and they do things that you know it's going to be harmful for them in the long run. And you don't want that for them because you love that person, right? As a parent, sometimes you have to tell that child no. And you don't want that child to be upset at you, but sometimes you have to say no because some of the things that they want to do is not good for them. I got a funny tickle in my throat right now. I don't know if I breathed in a little bit of this. (laughs) I felt like some lint went down my throat. Okay. Um, And I've come to the realization that the best thing that I can do for myself and for those around me, my family members, my friends, is to please the Lord. Because if I really please the Lord, 
and I sought to please him, then it's, my family's going to notice because I'm going to treat them differently because the Lord is concerned about how I treat my family. The Lord is concerned with how I treat my friends. The Lord is concerned with how I treat my neighbors. So I have come to that <clears throat> conclusion that the best thing that I can do for myself and those who are in my circle is to please the Lord. And there are times when I have to decide not to please myself in order to please the Lord. But I know in the long run that's what's best. Who do you want to please? Who do you want to please? Do you want to please yourself? Do you want to please your friends? <coughs> I can't get that little tickle, that thing. I think I breathed in this thing and it's just tickling my throat. Your family, your neighbors, do you want to please the Lord? Well, we read this verse that Enoch, right, it says here that he pleased God. Could you imagine living a life that pleased the Lord? And so much so, so that the Lord takes you, and you don't even have to go through what a lot of us have to go through, right? It says, he, uh, he should not see death. He did not see death because he pleased the Lord. The Lord translated him. I've heard it in preaching before that if you got to the place where you please God like Enoch did, then he would take you too. So apparently, none of the rest of us are perfect yet. I remember thinking the first time that I heard that, that won't be me. Thank you so much, Cindy. <laughs> oh my goodness. <clears throat> okay, good. Now no, that helped a lot. It pushed it down, whatever it was. Um, I remember thinking, that's not going to be me because I make far too many mistakes to be translated with that testimony. But I do want to please God. I really want to please God. <clears throat> I believe that it would be the ideal thing for me and for everyone that knows me. You all, I think would like me better if I sought to please. I think you would, right? If I sought to please the Lord, I think you would like me better. It's possible that you might not like me better, right? Because if you love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, what's left for everyone else? it might seem like to them like you don't care for them anymore. And so some people might think, man, they're giving too much of their time to the Lord. They're giving too much of their time to the church. And we used to hang out. We used to really enjoy fellowship. But I think that everyone here, you would like me better if I sought to please the Lord. If you sought to please the Lord with everything that you could, you might lose some friends, some family members, might not want to do much with you, but who do you want to please? I want to define the word from Strong's and Thayer's, the word please. It means to gratify entirely, to gratify entirely in the Strong's. 
In Thayer's, it's to be well-pleasing, to be well-pleased with a thing, to gratify entirely. Have you ever seen somebody that looked at you with disappointment? You know, they were disappointed a little bit. <clears throat> well, Hebrews 11.6, we read verse 5, and this is that verse that's so popular, so famous. Everyone has probably heard this verse before. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So if you want to please God, you have to start with faith because if you don't have faith, it's not possible to please him. And so <clears throat> what are things that do not please God? Well, someone who has no faith would not be pleasing to God. Could you imagine the disappointment? I remember one time uh, in my 20s, I think I was, uh, the year I was engaged, 1997, I was working on this job, I was 24 years old, and I remember that there was this guy on the job that he went to this one church and we were standing in the parking lot after work one day and debating scripture. And he was saying that once you're saved, you're always saved. You know, once you're a son, once you're a daughter, God is so pleased with you, you know. And I said, and I just remember thinking, no, it's possible to grieve God because the Bible says, and I told him the scripture, it just popped into my mind. It says, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. And he goes, oh yeah, there is that scripture. I said, it is possible that what we do, the actions that we do can grieve him. And I so want to please God. Hebrews 13, 16. I'll wait for Christy to get there. Okay, good, Christy. She's doing awesome. But to do good and to communicate, forget not... For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. What is God well pleased with in this verse? Doing good and communicating. That's fellowship. That's fellowship. Fellowship's important. Um, how many know that, um, thank you, Sister Kathy. Sister Kathy has really help me to see how important fellowship is. And uh, we do some unique things here, right? Um, Sister Kathy told me about the meet and greet. I never even heard of a meet and greet. But uh, we do some things because, and I notice, I don't know if anyone else notices, that after the meet and greet, everyone's a little bit more lighthearted. Everyone, it just from my perspective, it just makes it so much easier uh, f from this point of view up here. People, they, they've lightened a little bit. They've talked to everyone and they've shook, shaken people's hands. There's something about it. Sitting down and eating with one another, having fellowship, it's important. 
And so <clears throat> it says to do good and to communicate, don't forget, right? Forget not, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. So I looked up a lot of scriptures that talk about pleasing him. And I started from this one Greek word, please, from Hebrews 11.6 and 11.5. It's only three verses, those three. But they come from a root word, and I'm going to read to you some of the other verses. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. It says, But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men, but God, which trieth our hearts. Sometimes in, like I've said already, in trying to please God, sometimes people are disappointed with you. Sometimes people become disappointed. There's that one uh, comedian that these guys, that on the, on the internet, that guy, what's his name? That he was saying, hey man, is it true? Uh, uh, the girl that said, I love Jesus. You know, the girl that loves Jesus. And he says, hey, Jesus, is it true she loves you? What's that guy's name? Who is it? That's the guy. See, see, Michael knows. Michael knows. It's that David Lopez. And some people are like that, you know? They're like, oh, she loves Jesus more than she loves me. And they got an issue with that. Or he loves Jesus more than he loves me. And sometimes people have an issue with that. And, um, but <clears throat> back in the day, I just got to tell you a secret. Back in the day when I was a teenager and they put, and they said, put the top things on the list that you want in a wife. And I put, number one, loves God, puts him first. Because I figured if she did that, she would be faithful to me. Because I would be so disappointed if she was not faithful to me. But if she loved God, if she put him first and wanted to please him, she would never be unfaithful. So I thought, man, that someone who puts God first. So I love it when I see my wife sitting down and she does her personal devotion in the morning and she kneels down and she prays. And I, I love that. That's inspirational to me. That is awesome. So <clears throat> sometimes in seeking to please God, we don't please men. This word acceptable. <clears throat> so the very first word that I started with was a verb. What's a verb? What was it, Danielle? Action. That's right. It's an action. And so <clears throat> that's pleasing. Pleasing God is an action. But there's a word right here that is an adjective that comes from the same root. And it describes somebody that is, the word, the word is acceptable. And it is, an adjective is what? What is it? It describes the noun, right? So um, you have this cup, and you could say it's white. 
white would be an adjective, right? Describing. Anything that describes. As Jesse, handsome. Right? That's an adjective. Sister Catherine, friendly. Adjective, right? Uh, Sister Danielle, ornery. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so the word acceptable is in both Romans 12:1 and 12:2, where the Apostle Paul writes, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world." But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <clears throat> now, I think that God's view of acceptable is different than your and my view of acceptable, right? Because we might have somebody like, it's not ideal, but acceptable, right? My son comes and says, Dad, what do you think about this? you know, whatever, he's wearing a tie or shirt. Well, not my favorite, but acceptable. Right? I don't think that's what this is meaning, right? <clears throat> he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God. This is something that's well-pleasing to the Lord. And that is our reasonable service. And then the next verse talks about that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Presenting your bodies a living sacrifice. Not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So that word acceptable is something that is fully pleasing to God. It's not something <clears throat> that God looks on with disappointment and says, you know, it's not exactly what, is, what I was hoping for, but that will do, right? Sometimes we think that's what acceptable means. Romans 14, 12 says, um, starting at verse 12, so then, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather, that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. But... If thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God. So you see how important that word, that deference is. To consider your brother. 
Maybe you don't have that personal conviction. But you know what? Maybe that brother does have that personal conviction or that sister has that personal conviction. And so you are respectful and you're honorable to that. And, you know, it does say, let, don't let your good be evil spoken of. Right there. Maybe your brother is grieved with your lifestyle or grieved with the things that you do because he has a personal conviction against it. And so that's why we do have standards, standards of righteousness, right standing with our brothers, right standing with our sisters. So <clears throat> let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. So don't trample on your brother's convictions. Do not be a stumbling block to your brother. Um, Ephesians 5.8 says, for how do we please God? That's, we're talking about pleasing God. And there's some things that don't please him. There's some things that grieve him. There's some things that <clears throat> are not acceptable to him. <clears throat> Ephesians 5.8, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And how many children do we have here today? <laughs> children, Colossians 3.20. Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. I'm sorry, I read that wrong. Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Philippians 4.18. But I have all, Paul writes, and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you. An odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. How many would like to have that well-pleasing sacrifice that's acceptable to God? You know there are some that are not um, very uh, good smelling to God. I think Isaiah talks about that one scripture. Um, holier than thou. What is that scripture, Brother McAtee? It's Isaiah. Do you remember it? <clears throat> um, what is the scripture? It's in Isaiah. I should know this. I have referred to it so many times you'd think I'd know it by now. But I am getting older. My memory's not as good. Did you find it? What is, what's it called? Old timers. Okay. What was it, Brother McAtee? 65. It said, which say, stand by thyself, come not, come not near to me, for I am holier than thou. These are a smoke in my nose, a fire that burneth all the day. So there's some things that are not that odor of a sweet smell to him, some people, right? Hopefully that's not me. <laughs> Hopefully that's not you. 
How can we be well-pleasing to the Lord? Hebrews 13, 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So he's working in you, if you allow him to, that which is well-pleasing in his sight. How do I please the Lord? Allow him to keep working on you. He's still working on me. And sometimes you come to church, you hear a scripture, you read something in, in your Bible reading, um, something, it could be a song that you listen to, but something reaches out to you, it touches you, and you think, I need to apply that to my life. I need to make a change. So a sacrifice. Um, 2 Corinthians 5.9 says, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. <clears throat> um, I like how Brother Rita does that one lesson, Brother McAtee. You know that one I'm talking about? When he, when you could tell the difference, right? Somebody comes before you and he says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord, you know, versus uh, you did all right and you made it. At least I made it, right? Skin of my teeth. But yeah, when we stand, we've talked about uh, the judgment seat of Christ. When we stand before him, uh, we definitely want to hear, well done, don't we? Well done. That's how I like my hamburger, well done. Just kidding. <laughs> Anybody else like it well done? All right. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> so here's the scripture. There is these parables that Jesus told. Here's a parable of the talents. Uh, in Matthew 25, 21, it says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Well, how can I please the Lord? Well, what has the Lord given you? So be faithful in what, whether it's little or much. Be faithful in that. We, we have this example from this parable. Also in verse 23, and then his Lord said unto him, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou had, this person had, you know, they didn't have the same amount that they were given. One person was given more than another. You know, you know those people who have more talent than you? And then there's people who have less talent than you. You do well with what he's given you, right? Whether it be little or with much. And he said in 23, well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over, over a few things. I will make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the, thy Lord. Luke 19, 17, same thing. <clears throat> Different parable. He said unto him, well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little have thou authority over 10 cities. And so I th I've thought about that over the years. 
maybe I don't have the talent and the abilities that some of these other people do, but what will I do with the talent and the abilities he's given me? So I want to be faithful in what he's given me. <clears throat> we receive what we ask in 1 John three twenty two. right? We receive of him why. It tells us the reason why, right? Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. I want to please the Lord. And why would I receive something from the Lord when I ask him? Well, this is saying because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. 1 Thessalonians 4.1 Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. You would abound more and more. How you ought to walk, how you ought to please God, abound more and more. 2 Timothy 2, 3, and 4 Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Has anybody here ever, I don't think anyone, I don't think Brother Sharan, anyone here has been in the military, right? No one here. <clears throat> Brother Fernando has been in the military. Um, I know, I don't know who else has been in the military. Does anyone else, can you guys think of in our church? Who is it? Oh yeah, Zach, right? Zach's in the military. Um, so <clears throat> that next verse, it says, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. <clears throat> so when you're in the battlefield and you're fighting, you know, and you're, you get a text from your mom said, I can't figure out how to turn this stove on. <clears throat> you, I mean, you don't go to your, whoever your superior is and say, pardon me, I, I'll be back. <laughs> I got it. My mom has something I, I got to take care of and help her out with. You don't do that in the middle of a war, right? And so the Bible calls us in that verse 3 that we, it tells us we're to endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. So, we may have never uh, been in a war, you know, in the physical sense, but we are called good soldiers of Jesus Christ. As good soldiers of Jesus Christ, we should endure hardness. How many like enduring hardness? Anybody? I don't. But this is a battle. This is a battle for your soul. And we want to please him who has chosen us to be a soldier. He's our commander. He's our chief. I'm in the Lord's army. Remember the song? I'm in the Lord's army. How's it go? Yes, sir. I may never march with the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy because I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. Right? Being a good soldier, and he has chosen us. That means sometimes there's going to be battles. 
There's going to be fights, and we've got to learn to endure hardness so we can please him. Proverbs 16, verse 7. It says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Think about that. When your ways please God, even your enemies will be at peace. Anyone here have enemies? Tina, you do? Who are your enemies? I want to know this. Um, uh, Tina, do you want to destroy your enemies? You do? There is a way you can destroy your enemies. Let me tell you how to do it. By making them your friend. And when you do that, they're no longer your enemy. (laughs) So... When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. There are some other examples in Scripture of not pleasing God. I want to please him. Romans 8 verse 8 says, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. It's not possible. You can't do it. You can't please him without faith. If you're in the flesh, you just cannot please God. And then 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, 14 through 16, For ye, brethren, became followers of the churches of God, which in Judea are in Christ Jesus. For ye also have suffered like things of your own countrymen, even as they have of the Jews, who both killed the Lord Jesus and their own prophets, and have persecuted us, and they please not God, and are contrary to all men, forbidding us to speak to the Gentiles that they might be saved to fill up their sins always, for the wrath has come upon them to the other, uttermost. Another example of those who don't please God. Well, what about pleasing others? We talked about those people pleasers, right? They want to do anything to please other people. Acts 12.3 says, because he saw it pleased the Jews... He proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. Seeking to please the Jews. A lot of the things that happen in politics, you know, political stuff. 1 Corinthians 10.33, even as I please all men, I like this one, in all things, not seeking mine own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. And then here's this one. How many people here are married? How many people want to be married? Daniel, I love it. When do you want to be married? Like how old? What's a good age? 60. (laughs) I don't think you'll make it that long. (laughs) It'd be very surprising if you waited till 60 to get married. But 1 Corinthians 7, 32 through 35 deals with the single versus the married, right? Paul writes, I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. To the unmarried, 
you have this opportunity because you're not spending all your time, time trying to please that spouse, but you can find a way, you can set aside time between you and the Lord a little bit more than the person who's married. He that is married, the next verse says, careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. <clears throat> there is a w difference also between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I speak for your own profit, not that I may cast a snare upon you, but for that which is comely, and that ye may attend upon the Lord without distraction. So most of us here are not married. Hannah, are you married? Do you want to be married? No? Okay. So you could seek to please the Lord. Elijah, are you married? Do you want to be married? No? So you too can seek to please the Lord. David, we can ask David. David, are you married? Do you want to be married? You really don't? Oh, every, all the children are saying no, except for Daniel. <laughs> Daniel, you're one of a kind. That's right. He agrees. <laughs> Destiny, do you want to be married? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. But in the meantime, being single, you can... Christy, do you want to be married? Okay, I won't ask that. I don't want to embarrass Christy. <laughs> so all these single people, you know, you guys can work on pleasing the Lord. You can spend time, a little bit more time with him. You don't have to worry about that husband saying, hey, <clears throat> can you make me some, an omelet? My wife makes me omelet sometimes because it fits keto. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> please, who do you want to please? John chapter 8, verse 28 29. We have Jesus as our example. It says, Then said Jesus unto them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall you know that I am He, and that I do nothing of myself. But as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. How many can say, I always do those things that please him? Nobody can say that, right? But I want to please him. Do you want to please the Lord? Caleb, do you want to please the Lord? Do you want to please the Lord? Yes. Um, Jasmine, do you want to please the Lord? Yes. She said yes. That's awesome. How about Cheyenne? Cheyenne, do you want to please the Lord? Oh, yes. Cheyenne does too. Cheyenne, do you want to be married? Oh, she does. Hey, Daniel, we have another yes. Um, Jasmine, do you want to be married? Oh, yeah. She wants to be married. Isabella, you want to be married? Oh, very good. All right, so we have some of the children that want to be married. Um, but Daniel, 
don't, just because they want to be married doesn't mean um, that you're supposed to marry them, you know. You got to go through the proper channels, you know. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Romans 15:1. I'm almost done. <coughs> we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. So even Jesus Christ as our example did not please himself. So what about that person, that narcissistic person? I first learned that word from Amy a few years ago. And um, I'm like, what is that word? So um, I had to look it up. But I don't want to do anything I, to, but please the Lord. I really do want to please the Lord. I said that wrong. I said I don't want to do anything. There's a lot of things I want to do to please myself. But I think the priority that I'm trying to drive home is the most important thing that I could do is seek to please him. That opening set of verses, Hebrews eleven six. 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes, it is possible to please God. There are a few of those who have faith, small faith. If you look at in the scripture, there's little faith, right? Oh, you have little faith. <clears throat> there's great faith. Um, so there's varying degrees. And so without faith, you can't please him. And I want to have faith. But I don't want to just have a little faith. I want to pray, like the one scripture says, increase our faith. I do want to increase in that knowledge of who he is and his will for my life. A lot of times we want so badly to do something. And it may not be the thing that God wants for you. It may not be something that's pleasing to God. And sometimes as parents, we can see that with our children. Sometimes in this position, I can see people that make decisions that I wish they would not have made. Because I know that in the long run, it's not going to be what's best or good for them. Being in church for a long time, you see that as well. You see people come in, they're new, they're babes in Christ, and sometimes they make decisions you know it's going to hurt them in the long run. And so it's grievous. So, we want our faith to be increased. Let's learn to know him and his plan for our life and live in accordance with that. Let's ask somebody. Who can we ask? Tina, I asked you earlier. I'm going to ask you again. Who do you want to please? What was that? She said God. Tina, you, you know, that's the, that's the right answer. That's the, that's the best answer. 
if we seek to please others, um, and that, you know, with, they'll never be satisfied. There's always going to be somebody who's not pleased with you, disappointed. People were disappointed with the Lord Jesus Christ. And he didn't make any mistakes. He sought fully. He did nothing but please the Lord in what he did. So, that's the message today. Pleasing the Lord. Pleasing God. So, my challenge to you today is, Jasmine, I want you to every day Seek to please God, okay? Okay, Jasmine? Okay, Jasmine? Okay, I'll talk to Cheyenne. Cheyenne, I want you every day to seek to please God, okay? All right, that's awesome. And I need to tell you something. Cheyenne, I am not Jesus. I'm going to tell you, Jesus loves you and he created you. He made you. And so I want to encourage you to seek to please the Lord. Amen. So that's the message for today.